So we've been doing this thing for like 175 episodes and as will become clear, this is like the last one for a bit. And I had some advice today from a friend who works in radio who said, oh, having listened to your podcast, the one thing you do that you absolutely shouldn't do is the whole, I'm Martin Saunders and I'm Rachel Gardner. And then... uh, and, and, we, and we do that. We've done it every single time. There's a sort of annoying pause in between. And it, it's like we think with the two Ronnies or something. Um, <laughs> so why shouldn't we do it? Because everybody knows it's yeah, on well, the show notes. No, no, it's not that. It's, it would be much better if we just said, I'm Martin Saunders with me as ever Rachel Gardner. And when you're introing it, you go, I'm Rachel Gardner. I didn't do the and voice. The, and time, and with me as, as ever, as yeah. ever. You'll just like call me the smell. name of one of your children. My children. Yeah. So it's just, we mustn't own our own name and then the pause and then. It's that okay. thing of like waiting. Uh, I'm Martin Saunders in Rygate. And I think, do you think, I think we do it because we're doing it over Zoom as well. I don't think we did it in the studio. I think if you listen back, we did. Yeah. For the whole 175 episodes. Yeah, slightly (laughs) annoying intro. I reckon we've lost potentially millions of listeners at that point. Oh, no. If you look at the the graph, most people check out after about four seconds, and that that would be... That would be it! They'll listen to it and go, ugh. So, so anyone who's still listening to this is not is obviously not easily annoyed by things. What a what a beautiful human being you are. You count yourself in the top two percent of awesome human beings. So but we should remedy it, shouldn't we, really? Given that this is the last one of the present series, <laughs> shall we I'll try and do it I'll try and do it properly. Okay? This is how we should okay. have done it all along. This is how we should have done it, okay. Okay. Hey, welcome to the Eastgate Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders and with me as always, Rachel Gardner. Hey, Rachel, how are you? And because I don't like people speaking for me, I would then also reply by, hi, my name's Rachel Gardner and join with me as always is Martin Saunders. Let's not try and make this like a man-woman thing, okay? It could equally <laughs> have been you. It's just that it's, my, it's my turn. Well, I, I, thought, I thought for a moment there we'd got slight, a slight whiff of professionalism, but it's evaporated as it always does. So, Rachel, give you your chance to shine now. Um, why do we keep saying this is our last episode? Because it is our last episode, Martin Saunders, because we are going to go on a break. We're going on a break, Martin. Oh, like Ross and it's Rachel. Like, it is like Ross and Rachel. We are both, so we, I'm now reading the conditions of this break. So yeah. that if you were to start a separate podcast with somebody different. <laughs> with the girl from the, the break, copy place. With the girl <laughs> from the copy place. I will legitimately have everybody on my side defending okay. my corner. So uh, basically, we, we actually felt, Martin, didn't we, that we've been doing this a long time and we've been in emergency mode doing these podcasts via Zoom and, they, and the sound quality is not great, is it? And people have put up with a lot. Um, and we're going to be going back to recording in the studio. But we felt, let's mark the change with an actual break. Let's actually have some time out and let's model what we preach and say to our lovely youth ministry tribe, let's all take a break. Like, we want to kind of say, this is really important for all of us. So we're going to kind of honour that as well ourselves. That, that was the reason, wasn't it? Yeah, Is that it the was. reason? And, and yeah. we've also, so people have been very kindly supporting us on Patreon for a couple of years now. And we always said that we would take that money and do something with it. And so we've taken... <laughs> yeah, we're going on a mini break. Not together, though. Um, 
we we thought uh, that we would make good use of that money, and so we've we've scooped up all the money that we raised through Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/escape, uh, and we um, and we've used it and a lot of other money to buy um, some proper recording equipment. Like we've got proper microphones and yes. like a, mm. a there's a there's a they call it a desk. You know they talk about driving the desk. Mm. I don't really no, know what that is, that. but but yeah. it's like proper toys for Amy to play yes. with. So um so we thought what we'd do is we would we'd take this opportunity to relaunch and uh, and do it slightly differently. So from mid mid September we think you'll get a brand new new look Youthscape podcast. <laughs> um same lovable voices <laughs> uh slightly different style and uh, and yeah this is this is a great moment if you have some thoughts about what should change and you've always been p- too polite to say it uh email us podcast at youthscape.co.uk and we'll try to factor that in but no we've got some plans and it's going to be a bit different come september this is the last one and so rachel yes. you should introduce our amazing final guest of oh. the format Oh, he is awesome. His name is Temmy. He's from North London. And, and actually, I'm not going to give any more intro than that, really, Martin. I think he, he, uh, he introduced himself really well. And, and, and I think just settle back, friends. You've managed to get through the waffle and the whiffle. Now is the good stuff. Starting three, two, one with Temmy now. Oh, we're really excited to be joined by community youth worker Temi from Christchurch Rockseth in North London, where I used to live. So Temi, I know you quite well, which is very, very exciting. Temi, last night I, uh, I had a little chat with Tim Walford on his Insta Live and he asked me a series of which I thought were very good quick fire questions. So to let people get to know you, mind if we start like that? Is that okay? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it, Temi. We're just okay. stealing, we're stealing other people's ideas now. I mean, when you hear me do it, it's not really a steal. Like, we've all done this, but... Okay, okay all right. right. Here we go. So, Temi, coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, winter or summer? Winter every day. Oh, winter every day? Oh, every my day. goodness. <laughs> Love the cold weather. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. Ninjas or pirates? Pirates. <laughs> Scone or scone? Scone. Oceans or mountains? Oh, that's a good one. Oh. Mountains. I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you say ninjas for ninjas or pirates as well i said pirates i like but you pirates. can't swim i wouldn't become a pirate but i like pirates do you know what i mean oh, I, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't practically do pirating yeah, yeah. <laughs> just i was like, like piracy pirating pirating I, like, i'm like think how i take it is like the old school view of pirates like yeah you know, yeah, pirates, yeah 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 like, I, I like the sound of them like yeah <laughs> so Ma- martin if if we asked you ninjas or pirates or dogs or cats, what what would you go for? Well, hang on. Have I got, have I got to choose between ninjas, pirates, yeah. dogs and cats? Dogs or cats. <laughs> One of four. Right, dogs or cats, Martin? Dogs. Ninjas or pirates? Ninjas. Scone or scone? Scone. No, scone. Scone. I, I don't think anyone really says scone, but I feel like the southerner in me wants to represent yeah. the scone. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, now that we all know each other a little bit more and we've played a kind of a, a very familiar youth ministry kind of icebreaker, I feel that we can move on with the interview, Tebby. So welcome. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome. So tell us a little bit about your context, where you are in North London and what's been going on during lockdown for you. So give us a little bit of an insight into what you've been up to. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, as Rachel said, so I'm based in Harrow and, and I currently work with kind of two other churches. So we've got a really great partnership going on. We've been really collaborating on pretty much everything for about two and a half years. Um, so out of kind of lockdown, we, we have like open access youth clubs, we go into schools, you know, all the great youth worky type stuff. Um, and in lockdown, we've had to really think on our feet, like what does it mean to do our work the same, especially because a lot of, so I'll tell you our youth is kind of split down the middle. So you have a lot of like church young people who um, are connected to the churches through parents or anything like that. And then we have a lot of unchurched young people who come from estates, um, come from pupil referral units, come from all types of places and come to our youth club. So it's been like, oh, how do we do all of this? Um, so it's been interesting. We, we've been doing a lot of online uh, services. Um, so we have a service called The Gathering, which is every Sunday, which is awesome. Um, we've been interviewing uh, different people from across the board. We're currently in a series called Health Check, where we've kind of been doing like physical health, mental health, emotional health, and we've had some amazing guests come on that. Um, so that's kind of what we do for our Sunday ministry. During the week, however, we've had to really think on our feet, um, mm. especially we've, we've experienced a lot of, I would say, like digital poverty, especially with a lot of the young people yeah. who come from the estates. Um, and it's either sometimes a Wi-Fi issue or it's a device issue and it's like, yeah. oh, how do you bridge the gap? Um, but we, yeah, we, we found a way around them. We've done a lot of great stuff. Food projects we've been doing and delivering food to people's doors on the estates and stuff, yeah. which has been awesome getting to see our young people. So. That's amazing. And just, just that's so great to hear what you've been kind of innovating and how you've been adapting during lockdown. Just pre-lockdown now, I know that sort of for the couple of years in the run up to lockdown, you've, you've been sort of largely on the streets doing quite a lot of detached youth ministry and quite a lot of just working with youth workers and chatting to young people on the streets about faith, like almost that old school kind of street evangelism that we don't really talk about a lot in terms of young people. So um, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about what that was about and then in lockdown how has it been for you not being able to actually have face-to-face contact with young people because you you're one of these classics tell me that just loves being on the street loves engaging with young people where they're at and, and opening up conversations about Jesus so can you tell us a little bit pre-lockdown wh- wh- why were you doing that and what were you seeing as a result of stopping young people on the streets and asking them about what they think about God what, what was that like yeah great question um yeah so so a couple about a year and a half ago we um as youth workers we've been working together we kind of had monthly meetups and um as a result of one of these we kind of saw what would it look like to actually um not just wonder what young people think about god but actually find out um and sometimes it's not always easy to do kind of like a really structured interview type q a thing and oftentimes it feels quite inauthentic so a couple of us um from the churches, including your husband, Rachel, uh, Jason, we, we basically, we went out and uh, we used to go out once a week um, uh, on, in like the city centre area in Harrow. So there's like, we've got like the kind of big shops, you've got the Primark, you've got the coffee shops, you've got all these cool shops, you've got cinemas and stuff. And we would go out just after school, just a bunch of our, our youth workers with like, um, like kind of like old school, like clipboard. We had like three main questions that we asked um, around kind of theology and like philosophy. And we'd start off by asking young people, like, where do we come from? Like, hey, well, 
not like that. But because <laughs> you, it's actually funny because we would be like, "Hey, where do we come from?" And they'll be like, "I don't know, like from the shop." Like, we just saw you <laughs> from the chase. No, sorry, rewind. Hi, we're youth workers. Yeah. Um, we're not really weird people. We're not. <laughs> and, and as well, a lot of the young people thought we were like selling something because you know, like in city centres, you always got someone yeah. who's like trying to get you to sign up for like cheaper energy or something. So it was like, we're not, we're not those guys, but we're youth workers and we really just love to hear what you think about matters around God. Like, where do you think we come from? Like origin story. And they would talk about the origin story and then would say, um, what do you think the meaning of life is? So then it's all about meaning and how we actually live out our lives. And the last question was, where do we go when we die? So we went through this kind of structure and it's very fascinating. We, I think we spoke to, over the course of like a year, we spoke to like um, Helen, another great youth worker, has all the numbers. I think it's like over 500 young people mm. over the course of a year on the streets. And we got some fascinating questions because people often start off with quite a Christian Judeo worldview. Adam and Eve, yeah, they're the first two humans. And then where do we, what do we do with our lives? It went into that kind of individualistic, kind of therapeutic stuff. Like, well, just make ourselves happy. Don't don't, you know, don't upset anyone. And then at the end, it's like, what happens when you die? And they're like, oh yeah, we're reincarnated. Interesting. This is like fascinating. Like they had this Christian, like Judeo worldview into like this individualistic slash agnostic kind of thing into like reincarnation. It's like, oh, fascinating. And so as a result of that, we kind of took all of that learning. And then we started, we wanted to encourage our young people to do the same. And so we sat down for you, for young people and said, what does it look like to equip you guys for evangelism? And they gave us some ideas. And we basically hosted an event as a result of that called The Ascent, which was literally around equipping young evangelists. And um, it was amazing. We had like this full on day of like training and how to like share your faith on YouTube. And then like we actually went out on the streets, like we paired up young person, youth worker, like saw people get saved. And it was like incredible. And as a result, we've had our young people now, just before lockdown, they um, applied for what was called the Spark Fund, I think it is, with the diocese. And it's basically an amount of money that you get to fund the project. And out of their own accord, they picked evangelism. Mm -hmm. And so it's just amazing to see how, like, actually living this stuff out has inspired some of the young people. So that's kind of what we gleaned from that. Mm -hmm. And in lockdown, it's been really difficult to do something like that because of all the restrictions. And it's like... What does it mean now um, to, to encounter people? And I think partly we've had to learn what it means to just depend on God in prayer as well and trust that actually the conversations we started, God, um, the Bible says, you know, God brings the increase or God waters it, you know. So he, mm -hmm. trusting that God is sovereign and actually that um, coming together and praying for these issues, like it will make a move. And we've done a lot of stuff like encouraging people to do like street church, so like going on their doorstep and like, play guitars on like Easter Sunday. Um, yeah, we've had some great initiatives from that. Wow. And, and so you've unpacked a whole bunch of different things there that people might find quite interesting. I guess one of the things coming out of lockdown, uh, youth workers have started to think about what it might look like to do what you've described really, a, a kind of evangelistic detached work. Uh, maybe for the first time. And I think for a lot of us, that's quite a scary idea. Like walking up to young people is quite a scary idea. I hadn't even considered the fact that these days, young people will be thinking, oh, you're, uh, you're actually working for a charity, getting me to sign up for £10 a month, or you, wanna, you want me to write a will or something. I've forgotten about that. 
Um, but you know, what, what, what advice would you give to a youth leader who's maybe not done that cold contact stuff before walking up to young people in the street or, or in the skate park or, or in the park or whatever and starting to instigate conversations? Yeah, great, great question. I, I think for us, there, there was a few things that um, we did. We kind of saw it as not just like, hey, we want to get all these conversions or anything like that. We, we just saw it as an extension of what we would normally do inside. So if we had young people come to our youth clubs, like we normally start conversations like, how are you doing? And, and the reason we do this is because our motive, first and foremost, is that we love young people. We want to see them flourish. And I think it really starts at that place. I, I've often found the times where I was like, I'm not sure I want to go out today. What stirred me was just remembering like why we do what we do. And it's actually knowing that motive, being really clear on the vision of why you're going out um, is super important. And on top of that, once we did meet up as youth workers, we would beforehand we'll meet up in brew and we will just kind of speak through like what we would what we love and what we would want to see happen today and we and, and prayer like i can't overestimate um what prayer has helped us to do um and i remember i used to me, me and jace would like split up and have like a little team would walk in different directions down the high street and do like a prayer walk just before and that really just gives your heart for the area yeah. and then Practically, I think it looks like as well having some really good tools that you're going to use. Um, so for us, our, our main kind of fallback was our little three questions with the clipboard. So it, it wasn't like, oh, we're going up and they're rejecting us. It's like, if they reject us, they're rejecting the clipboard kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that was, that's very good. That, you know what I mean? That was like the, the kind of <laughs> the, the thing that helps us to remember, okay, it's, it's, it's not about it. Um, but then also we had some really fun games. So, so I remember around the time we started was um when uh, avengers infinity war was like kind of bubbling up it, has, it was like just about to be shown and so there was one day we went out with like um uh, the infinity infinity gauntlet kind of hand thingy and we went out and we basically on our main question that day was um if you could put on this infinity gauntlet like if you want to choose a Thanos. Like, what would you choose to do if you were mm. the ruler of the earth? And then again, that was a kind of philosophical question to lead us into, oh, how do you think God is doing ruling the world? Um, another day, like, we went out with, like, these kind of dice and we did, like, a bit of a game. And so it was just about having really solid tools that break the ice. Um, and what, what I can say is that practice really does help. I think the first time we went out was really awkward really bad but just the consistency of actually saying we're gonna go out each week and funny enough by like the fourth week we walk up to someone like hey where are you from they're like yeah we know because you spoke to us in the first week <laughs> like, oh cool have your views changed since then like have you learned anything new like tell us about it. and you literally build especially like if you're because harrow is fairly size fairly big for a borough but still you bump into the same people so i mm. can imagine if it was a smaller city or smaller area, like it would just be incredible. Like you would build relationships over time. So I think those are um, a few tools I would, I would recommend. That's amazing. One of the sweet things that you dropped in uh, as you're sort of sharing this, which actually I guess in a way is a model, and we get, we're going to come on in a minute to hear about a really interesting project you're involved with, with one of these youth workers, Paul Cable. Um, but you sort of talk very much about this came out of you as a bunch of youth workers in different churches connecting once a month that's that's many of us probably have experience of that across the country that kind of termly gathering in a coffee shop but actually this came out of that like what would it look like for us as youth workers not just 
to put on events together, but actually to go on the streets together and get out of our comfort zones together. And, and then you talked about young people being paired with a youth worker on the street. So what, I'd love to hear a little bit like, how, what does it take, what has that done for you as a youth worker in Harrow to have that kind of relationship with other youth workers? Is that something you think would be really a great model for other areas, you know, for youth workers? Yeah, I, I, I think it will be. So coming into the role, like I had this kind of um, this idea that, okay, it's, it's me against like, the world of all the issues of young people. Um, and if I'm being honest, it's kind of like Superman syndrome type mm. of thing. And, mm. and coming into that, and it was like, oh, like how am I going to solve all of these issues? Like we had a youth hostel on our doorstep, and we had young people who were getting excluded coming to our youth club. And was like, ah, like how am I going to do this? But being able to have that forum, so we used to meet, um, well, I think it was bi-monthly to begin with, and having that forum where we came together and we actually were basically saying, hey, guys, like, we all struggle with the same things. Like, what does it look like to come into a space where we can innovate, innovatively speak about how we could overcome some of the things and also just be a pastoral care to each other? Because I think sometimes when you're so consumed with helping your young people out that you forget that you also are a disciple. Um, and especially if you're a Christian youth worker, you're a disciple, you're a learner. And that word disciple is learn, it's being a pupil, isn't it? And, mm. and it's like, where do, I, where do we make space for each other to learn? And where do we make space for each other to you know, confess maybe our mistakes and our, our mishaps and give each other room for vulnerability? Um, because in that vulnerability, we, we found a lot of victory, actually. We found ourselves coming to a place where we were able to say, we're, we're not defined by the fact that we really messed up that school trip thingy that we wanted to do, but actually... You know, someone just gave me a great idea of what I can do better next time. So I, I, I would, you know, there are great youth workers and great youth work happening everywhere. And I think, what does it look like to partner up with people, even if it is once by monthly? And I think Zoom has really helped us to see that we don't actually have to all meet up in person all the time. So it's a bit easier to do some some of those type of meetings. So mm. I, I 100% think as much as possible, we should pursue that kind of, um, interaction collaboration that's brilliant that's brilliant um, and so you've been involved in an interesting collaboration with another youth worker who I mean you you got to know each other in in Harrow didn't you but now you're in different parts of the country so so tell us about what you've been up to during lockdown with Paul yeah so I used to work very closely with Paul Paul was um, the youth pastor um, I was a youth worker so we had this in and out thing it's like you, you do the discipleship I did evangelism boom and it worked really well. But anyway, um, so Paul hit me up kind of at the start of lockdown and he said, hey man, like, what would it look like? I know you're really big on like writing, you're really big on like documenting stuff. What would it look like to help our young people document their feelings, their emotions, their reflections of lockdown and not just document what they're feeling, but actually help them to locate God in all of that. Like where are they seeing God? Uh, and so Paul approached me with this really I cool idea and said like cool, cool man can you like set up some branding like i'll get all the admin sides together and we'll just make it happen and so we did that and we made this thing called stories from isolation and which is essentially a youtube um platform where we invite young people to express how they have found lockdown and where they see god on in the move in lockdown and it can be anything from like a day in a life of type of vlog or it could be a poem a spoken word poem 
or um, I know someone's done like a mini sermon type of thing, or it could just be you playing your favorite sport and, and coming to share a quick thought of what you think God's doing. So we, we wanted it to be as wide as possible in terms of the creative scope. So young people felt that um, however they found lockdown, they could express it. And so that was, a, that was basically the big idea. And the re, the, where it comes out of is, um, I think Paul and I have always been very like, what does it look like to document God? Um, not to say that we can put him into a box, but God is always on the move. And sometimes if we, if we can just train our eyes to see and, and lift our perspective, all of a sudden we're like, wow, like it's that whole story of kind of um, when is it, it's Jacob who was kind of sitting down in this place and, and he doesn't realize that God is there and he has this amazing dream and he sees the ladder and says, whoa, like this, all of it, all of all along, like God was in this place and renames the place Bethel and, and says, God is here. Like, and, and so for us, it's like, that's that, that's what we're trying to do is young people have experienced drastic change in the past couple of months. And what does it look like for them to say, like, whoa, like God was in this the whole time. And, and this is how I seen, seen him move. And so essentially that's what we've done. I guess you're beginning to gather some of those stories now and, and over time as more. And, and anyone listening to this would love you to share it with young people and, and if they want to get involved, to get involved, more information later. What do you think, Temi, might be some of the things that, that, that come out of this? It's a strange question in a way, but, but what, what do you think might we see as these stories emerge, either through this project or just through conversations with young people in our own youth groups? What do you think might be some of the things that, that, that we hear or need to respond to maybe? Yeah, so good. Um, I think there's a few things. I think there's, a, just to say, there's a, you know, obviously a massive spectrum. And um, I think it's also... Uh, it's a way for us to see how young people are responding to some of the social um, tipping points that we're seeing, you know, things around, uh, things around race and inequality. So like everyone knows that the Black Lives Matter movement, the biggest like kind of social justice movement that we've seen in a long time, if not ever. And, and a lot of young people haven't had a forum to speak about that. And it just gives them a forum to see actually uh, what I've seen is that actually young people aren't just, picking up on like the Black Lives Matter movement because it's something cool. Actually, they've been feeling a lot of these grievances a long, for a long time. Yeah. And it helped me to see actually, wow, they should have been teaching, helping to teach us for a long time and, and what we should have been doing because it's not, like, for example, we had one story from isolation and um, where the young girl basically talked about how she's been, um, she's been eating really like cold soggy pot porridge with like no sugar nothing and the reason for like once i don't know if it's yeah every breakfast she eats this kind of porridge and it's like how do you do that and it's like because it's similar to fasting it's a way to kind of feel this like kind of i could have this stuff but i'm taking myself away from it because i want to identify with the sufferings of others and wow. and as a result to identify with injustices in the world and i was like oh my days like what this is it's such an amazing way to do this and and she'd been doing that for a long time before like any of these kind of social tipping points happen so it's like I think that's one thing we're going to see that young people have innovatively been thinking through how they can identify with the pains and sufferings of others wow that's that's like something an old testament prophet would do 
You know, I mean, that's like, you can imagine Ezekiel, Ezekiel doing that. And actually, we talk about young people being prophetic to us, but that that's sort of like another level. That's amazing. It, it was it's really challenging as well. It's really challenging to to think because, yeah, it, it's a spiritual discipline, isn't it? And mm. uh, and it's a way to identify with Christ. And I think um, that that's kind of the big thing that we're going to see is that young people are identifying with Christ and His works in so many diverse ways. Wow. Uh, people I know that is talking about surfing, for example, and how surfing connects them to God. And it's like, again, I can't swim, so I'll never get that anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, like it's it's so amazing to like see these these different instances and people where people are having God, young people are having God moments, and, mm-hmm. and the way they articulate it. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to g- like, gathering up more stories. Yeah. Um, and seeing what happens, really. So, so I don't, I don't want to lose that little bit there because I think what you just said there ties in so beautifully to mm-hmm. some of the conversations we've been having around experiences and spiritual practices being a really important focal point for youth ministry in the next few years potentially. And and Lucy Shuke has done a piece of research around that, the We Do God research, which um, uh, you you will have seen, of course, Tammy, because of your links with uh, with uh, Youthscape, which we'll come on to. Um, but uh, but just it's just worth flagging again. Like that seems like a very interesting thing, a little interesting recurring theme of young people um, wanting to experience faith and and finding ways of doing that. Which if we don't if we don't go if we don't lead them there, it sounds like they'll just find their way there themselves. They'll find their way to start experiencing uh, and, and 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 expressing God through spiritual practice. So that's that's yeah. really fascinating. Really fascinating. So. And, Go on. Day in the life as well that we've seen submitted. So you could, there's people doing their days from morning to evening, and you actually start to notice they have pinpoint moments of these kind of practices, mm-hmm. and it helps me as a youth worker think. Okay, so when I put on, on an event and I'm saying, "Hey, come to this event, you're going to encounter God," like great, but how do I help them to also see that actually God's been on the move in your day? And yeah. You didn't even know it, but maybe you did, and I didn't know it. But <sighs> there's a great quote, isn't there, from uh, Mark Iaconelli in one of his books, where he says, "Maybe one of our roles as youth pastors is to say to a young person, maybe this is God, maybe this, you know, mm. you just end that moment of peace in the middle of a storm on the bus when it was all kicking off, but you just felt the peace to be able to kind of control your anger." maybe that was God and, and I think that's Temi that's so beautiful my little question before we talk about um, uh, youth game and your link there um, is, is just to ask you I, I wonder coming out of, of lockdown and sort of really processing what young people are saying to us I wonder how our role as youth pastors might change like if there was one thing that you would love Christian youth workers youth pastors to kind of lean into or think differently about or do a little bit differently pay attention to what what would it be what would you love to see us rasp hold of yeah I, I think going back to what we initially were speaking around of um, those conversations those evangelistic conversations I'm an evangelist at heart so I'm a bit biased um, <laughs> but I think what lockdown has, has definitely highlighted in my life is is the, the inward cry that I have to to communicate God's good news and, and actually not just as a, a, a view that is like out there, but something that actually comes into our days and comes into our crises and our issues. Mm-hmm. And 
helps us to navigate reality. And just speaking with some of my young people um, through Zoom or, or whatever, I think I've realized actually, I often have been, and I think a lot of our youth workers and volunteers often been waiting for that perfect moment to slot God into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, we're nearly at the God conversation. Let's just keep pushing it. <laughs> and um, and I, I think what I would really love for us to push into post this is actually let's boldly approach those moments um, and, and let's, let's not try to bring God into conversation, but similar to what the, the Mark Giannicanelli quote, let's highlight God on the move in, in young people's mm. lives. And let's also not just do that for them, but how can we equip them to start doing that for themselves and see that for themselves? And actually, yeah. hey, yeah, tell me, I saw God move today and this is yeah. how. Yeah. Rather than yeah. me having to point it yeah. out each time, like what does it look like to help help them to like see those moments and train their eyes to see God? Um, and I, I really believe that because at the moment we've locked down, we haven't been able to do the God stuff for people, mm. and, and so unless unless they had given you know had eyes to see and ears to hear, it would have been very difficult. And you know, Jesus always says that, you know, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. If you if and that kind of what does that actually practically mean to equip young people with ears to hear, eyes to see? Um, and I'd love to do press into that a bit more, I think. So um so just just quickly tell us where we can find um uh, the 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 stories from isolation on online and, and kind of how we contribute and how we get involved in that. Yeah. Um, so if you can uh, go on YouTube and literally search up stories from isolation, I think it should be the number one hit. Not that I've searched it up myself, um, but I think it should come up. Um, but if if not, you can also just email storiesfromisolation at gmail.com and um, say, hey, I'd love to find out more about this. Um, we've, we've made the PDF guide for youth workers because we know how hard it is to get kind of consent and stuff. And so the PDF guide basically talks you through how to get your young person's video online safely with all the permissions necessary. Very good. And so there's a little like a attached slip for parents to like print off and sign. So it's all of that's done for you. So you wouldn't need to like, worry how to do that. Um, we made that easy as possible. So yeah, if you search at Stories from Isolation on YouTube or um, yeah, send us an email, storiesfromisolation at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll be in contact. And, and this is for all young people. So young people of faith, those that are questioning, those that are not part of the faith community, the films are not edited by you guys. They're just put out there as, as they are, as standalone pieces. So this is a brilliant platform for young people to hear their voices heard wider. Will there be kind of like at some point a grand unveiling of this or is it just as it goes on, just videos yeah. get added and it's just... I think, I think we're kind of just going on with the process. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah we didn't want to like say this is for specific kind of insight yeah. but we have been getting insight and that's the beauty of it is that you know, yeah. people always keep you on your feet guessing, don't they? So. Yeah. They do. That's absolutely beautiful. Now, last thing before you go, Timmy. Uh, you have been involved in the, uh, the latest cohort of the Princeton Theological Seminary and uh, Youthscape International Certificate. Very exciting. You study innovation <laughs> under some of the leading people in that very small air, uh, field in the world. Uh, and, then, um, and then you go to America and you have a lot of... Oh, wait, no. You couldn't go to America. So tell us, tell us what it was like getting to, to be involved in this really exciting transatlantic scheme and then having to stay on one side of the ocean. 
Oh, yeah. It, first and foremost, Cohort 2020, if you're listening, you guys are awesome. I love you so much. Um, it, was, it was so exciting. So we all met up in Birmingham to begin with and went to the National Youth Ministry Weekend. And, and we did a lot of learning together. And then we had um, kind of online learning. And, and then, yeah, it was meant to uh, eventually go to America and kind of do a bit of a reverse of what we did in Birmingham. But because of COVID, that got cancelled. Um, it was sad. And, and I think a lot of us still grieve, like, the missed opportunity of being able to do that together. Um, but it also, like, it really taught us that innovation isn't just a buzzword, but it is something that we do um, in this world as as practitioners. Like, it's not... I don't think it's avoidable either. I think we always innovate in some sort of ways. We always iterate in some ways, but it's, again, it's that whole being, being perceptive of it. And so it's not just letting stuff happen to you, but knowing why and how it's happening. And so, yeah, it was really a time to think like, oh, guys, so we're not going to do this together. What do we do instead? And how do we keep moving? And I think the resilience that I saw from... Um, the organisers of, of the course, but also from the cohort themselves was just so incredible. And even the projects have had to be tweaked because all the projects were like thinking of like normal, no lockdown, no COVID times. That's what all the projects were geared towards. And now like, it's like, oh, we've had to tweak it. And I've just even one of um, my my course buddy, which is the person that we shared ideas with, who lives in the States, um, he created this incredible, like genuine incredible resource called ID Creatives. And and the, the tweak, the turnaround to adjust it to COVID-19 is incredible. And I think it really has shown us that we didn't just do this to um, tick the box and say, hey, like we, we know how to define innovation now, but actually to be <laughs> doers and, and people that, like our God, are always at work in some capacity, always willing to tweak, always willing to iterate, always willing to think on our feet. Um, so it's been a real great experience. I loved every every moment of it. Are you going to get to go to America? I know everyone's thinking that, like, should we do a quick whip round so you can get there? Is that the plan? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I really hope so. We might have to do, like, a Kickstarter or something. But, yes! Uh, we, we'll see. We'll see. I think, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I yeah. think in, in all circumstances, like, I think we also, like, learn, I think, as much as the grievance I bought, the gratitude and the, and the joy of the experience shared. And um, I, yeah, I learned a lot. I think there is something special about like when you're connecting with someone who's from a different context, but s- still doing a, trying to do a similar thing. And you just, you just learn just by hearing um, mm-hmm. and listening to what they're doing. You just learn how to like adapt really quickly. So it's been so good. Wonderful. That is amazing. Oh, I think we're going to have to let you go back to being pirate, ninja, love, whatever it is you're going to be doing for the rest of the day. Temi, thank you so much. I, I mean, as per usual on all of these podcasts, we sort of bring a guest on with one specific thing we want to talk about. And, and you've just given us so much more, um, which is such a beautiful reminder, isn't it? That actually in, in this job, God's called us to love young people and that will take us in all sorts of places in our hearts and our minds. So thank you so much for just bringing to us today what God's doing in you and through you. And it's just such an encouragement. So God bless you. Cheers, Temi. Really fun meeting Temi. It was a fantastic uh, way to finish this series of the podcast. 
Um, before we go, a couple of things to, to talk about. Let's do the serious thing first, which is we want to tell people about a survey for their young people. And you know, you hear about things and you go, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And you don't, you don't do this mm. one. This is, this mm-hmm. is going to be brilliant. Please do this. Um, so, uh, it's a survey that is, um, a bit of research that Youthscape Center for Research are doing with Tear Fund and it's called Young People, Your, your voice, voice, Your Future. Your Future. See how we did that? Almost like we remembered. And so, um, so it's a, it's a really good piece of research. Um, and I've been involved in helping to pilot it a bit with some young people and, uh, even the small group of young people I was, uh, going through it with, we're getting really excited about the questions, which are all about young people and justice and young people and faith. Um, and the sort of what we might learn as a result. And I think there could be loads of really interesting headlines, really interesting, instructive information coming out of this about all these assumptions we made about young people and their activism and their heart for justice, which is that kind of stuff that we throw around all the time. Um, uh, you know, we can actually put some numbers and some statistics to that, which would be wonderful, but it can't happen unless actual real young people fill it Mm -hmm. out. It doesn't take very long. They can win some money, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but they have to go and do that. So where can they find it? They can find it on the Youthscape Facebook page. So if you go onto Youthscape Facebook, the, uh, the, the kind of the leading topics, we'll try and see if we can get this back up there, but you've got a bit of stuff about now what? So just scroll down and then you'll see it's there. It's about the fourth or the fifth item down and there's a link that you can click on straight away and it gives you all the information and it also gives you as a youth worker a session that you can do with young people around this as well so it could be you think I don't just want to do a survey I actually want to kind of really be talking about issues about the environment and what God says about this with young people so there's there is a resource there for you free to use as well I mean it's I think it's really really good that with all that's going on that we don't take our eye off the ball about this. Young mm. people are not, not all young people, hashtag not all young people, but where, where I am seeing at the moment, real engagement um, is on this issue. So there's a young person at Preston Minster who is really motivated about the environment. Um, and it's a fairly, she's been passionate for a long time, but actually she's fairly recently, it's been during lockdown that she's felt like we, we can't lose sight of this. She's got involved with something at Tier Fund. She's done this survey and her and a few of her friends are walking on their own to be socially distanced 13 miles a day wow. to raise money to be part of a project. And I mean, it is extraordinary. Like they've just got, they just want to do it. They've got, they've gone for it. So, and I think, isn't that what we love about working with young people? That sense yeah. of just, they will go whole hog after something. So I think... You'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised, maybe not, but, you know, by what this might unleash. Um, And I think because young people are so, they're struggling with constantly talking about COVID-19. I think actually this, getting them to think about something different that is still so deeply passionate to them is really important. So that's really good. encourage you to do that. We will, um, it's on the Facebook page. Uh, We will ask producer Amy uh, in her infinite wisdom and power to also add a link to the... uh, Ah, yes the podcast when it when when the podcast goes out we'll get a link on there to the survey so you can go there direct last thing i want to do is ask you rachel gardner what have you got planned for the summer well it's raining (laughs) in the northwest and it's gonna rain a lot so what i've got planned for the summer is i'm a big fan of eating outside and the children playing outside but we're going to be wearing basically wet weather gear permanently 
Yeah. All summer. So that's what I've got planned. Um, so we're going to have a few days away. Obviously, church, our church is opening up for services in the middle of August. So that's going to be interesting. Okay. So it's all hands on deck for that. But we're having a, a few days um, just in a, in a different place, seeing the, the rain from a different angle. But we're looking forward to that. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be good. How about you guys? What are you up to? I d- do you know, I, 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 we actually haven't got plans yet. We are oh. among the many people who are hoping to organize something but haven't actually done anything proactively to ensure that happens so i hope we get a proper break because i have been reflecting on the last few months and and certainly since march i think it's probably been the hardest i have ever worked Mm. and many in the organization we work for have worked Mm. and we can't carry on doing that forever like it apart from anything else well, apart from what, for one thing, it'll just burn us right out. Yes, but the other yes. thing is, what does it really model to our wonderful friends in the youth ministry community yes. if we're saying, hey, guys, take rest, you know, be yes. kind to yourselves. Yes. And actually, we're demonstrably yes. not doing that. Yes. So yes. I have worked like crazy since mm. March and I need a break. So we will definitely, mm. if nothing else, there will be copious mm. amounts of um, PlayStation with my children. Oh, that's brilliant. And I think it—I think that's part of it, isn't it, Martin, saying maybe there are things that we've had to cancel and things that we can't do. And the sadness also, I can't, I still can't go and see my family. They're still mm. shielding. So mm. that, that's got, I feel really sad about that because more than anything, I just would love to get in the car and drive south and go and see my family, but we can't do that. So we're going to stick around the north, um, which is brilliant as well. But, um, but I think just thinking, okay, what would feel like a break? So for us, we're thinking we do have to have a few nights not in this house. Mm. And we, we're very grateful for our home. But I think if, you know, go somewhere, if you can, go somewhere different because we've all been cooped up at home, haven't we? Um, and, and maybe if we're parents with kids, it's okay if kids are on the screens a bit more. It's yeah. okay if bedtime goes out the window a bit. Absolutely. It's okay if you can do like leisurely breakfast and, you know, in bed. Just a few things that will just feel like this is different what it's been. I think that's, that is so important. So please, please, friends, let's, let's all do this. I think we keep talking about, you know, us not all burning out in the autumn, but, but this is our chance to make sure that doesn't happen. So, yes. So this is the end of our special edition series. So, so, so yeah, I think we've done about 27 special editions. I think that it might should be have right. been unhinged, unhinged editions. <laughs> Something like that. And, uh, and wow, what a ride we've all been on in the last six oh, months. Gosh. I mean, it's crazy to think where we've, what we've just been through. And we'll all be processing this for a very long time. But hey, yeah. friends, we're still going. We're still here, yeah. all of us, just yes. about. So, yes. um, so well done to you for yes. even if you've just crawled to this point, um, yes. as we have at times. Uh, well done. And, uh, and I'll leave it to, to Rachel. Um, because Aww. she she always likes to have the final word, so I may as well just enable it <laughs> to, uh, to say goodbye to this edition of the Youthscape podcast and this Aww. this very very long series. Oh well, I've not I've not prepared my may you my oh, may you friend. It'll pop out. It'll just come Are out. Are you ready? Of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the Ken DeCreasy Dean may you, but may you pick up your bucket and spade and enjoy. Making those sandcastles on the rock. You know that God is unchanging, but the stuff that we can do day in, day out, that can change. God is unchanging. So may you, in this season, know that underneath your feet is eternal, everlasting rock. And may you know, above all else, that God really loves you and really likes you and really knows who he has in you. God bless you.